We're thankful on this Lord's Day, a beautiful day, to be able to assemble together, worship God, praise His name. We're glad that you're here today. Our lesson this morning is entitled, Discipleship, Living for God. What is a disciple? The Greek language defines disciple as one who is a learner, a devoted learner, one who follows the leader. Turn with me, first of all, to the book of John, chapter 8, verse number 31. John, chapter 8, verse number 31. We're going to be looking at a lot of Scripture this morning, and all all Scripture will be in the New Testament. I invite everyone to have your New Testaments open. John, chapter 8, verse number 31, beginning. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If ye continue on my word, ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A disciple is a learner who follows the will of God. If you look in your New Testament, you'll find that the word disciple is used more than 250 times in the New Testament. That's how important and critical it is. We lived many years after Christ. But let us remember that we are disciples of Him. We are followers of Him in our life. Sometimes we sing those songs, Where He leads me, I will follow. We sing the song, Walking in the Steps of Our Savior. That's what discipleship is all about. In our lesson this morning, I want to point out four things about true discipleship. Point number one. True disciples live for Jesus. Look with me first of all in John chapter 14, verse number 19. John 14, beginning in verse number 19. Again, many scripture readings today from the New Testament. These are words spoken by Jesus in one of the last times that he spoke with his, with his children and his disciples. John chapter 14, beginning verse number 19. He said, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, yet I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Here again, Jesus was in Gethsemane with his disciples. Verse number 22, Jesus said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus said, and answering this way, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. We will come unto him and make our abode with him. The challenge that you and I face every day in our lives is the challenge to live our lives like Jesus would live them. How are we to do that? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. (laughs) 
Beginning in verse number 2, lengthy readings. Philippians 2, 2. Paul says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man look on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be also in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus knows what it's like to live here in the sin-filled world. He came so that he could show us how to do that. Verse number 13. Living for Jesus. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse, twisted-up nation, among whom ye is also shine as lights to the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. We're here for a purpose. We're children of God to live like God wants us to live. Chapter 3, verse 13. Paul, the great apostle, said, I count not myself to have apprehended. I've laid hold of this. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth for those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus my Lord. Let thus, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, where we have attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. That's how Christians live. Chapter 4, verse number 4. 4-4. Four, four. Living for Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. To repeat that, I say again, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. You can make it through any challenge and difficulty of life because God is with you. Your Savior is by your side each step that you take. Verse number 6, be careful for nothing. It means don't be anxious about the things of this world. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And as a result of that, the peace of God, which passeth all human comprehension, shall stand guard, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good behold, if there be any virtue in these things, and you know there is, think on these things. Paul lays out very precisely and very clearly for us what it means to live for Jesus. How wonderful it is that we can do that. Point number two in our lesson this morning. True disciples learn from Jesus. Can you imagine what it must have been like to sit at the feet of Jesus. Be so close to him that you could touch him. This all powerful, 
perfect Son of God and challenge yourself to follow Him and be like Him. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Again, these words are from the Son of God Himself. Verse number 26, 14, 26 of Luke. If any man come to me and hate, that's the King James word, the word literally means love less. Love less his father and mother and his wife and children, brethren and sisters, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Let that soak in. I must love me less than I love Christ. I must love my wife and my children less than I love Christ. I must love my brothers and sisters less than I love Christ. Does that mean I'm not supposed to love them? No, that means how shows me how much I need to love Christ. That's what he's saying. I would give my life in a moment for my wife and my children and grandchildren and their mates. But that's about their limit. Jesus gave his life for everyone in this room. Everyone who has ever lived. He gave his life for Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and whoever the last people born on earth will be. He gave his life for all. How much we need to learn from that. Our willingness to give our lives, not just on Sunday morning at church, but every moment of every day. God presents opportunities to us to show kindness and caring and love. Yes, to our families, but to our friends, our fellow students and co-workers. To a world who hates God and despises God and denies God. The challenge for you and me is to show the world that God's way works. It is practical, practical and doable. Discipleship is not an eight to five job in the mornings and afternoons. It's all day, every day in our lives. A commitment, a pledging to do God's will regardless of whatever else is going on in this world. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the biography of Jesus' life. He showed us how to live our lives, didn't he? You've heard that expression, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Then that is what I will do. And I have never faced a problem in my life or situation or challenge in my life that I did not know what Jesus would have done in that situation. Therefore, I must be willing to do just exactly the same. And you see, when I do that, I have eliminated a lot of challenges and difficulties. I've solved a lot of problems. I've covered and eliminated a lot of sins and mistakes that I might make doing otherwise. Satan is out to get us, isn't he? Jesus himself said to Satan, Get thee behind me, Satan. You and I need to do the same thing. There are more than 25 times in the New Testament that Jesus said, It is written. 
And so saying that, he quoted the word of God. For instance, in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 8, he said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. As Jesus was in the shadow of the cross in Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39 he was on his face on the ground praying to his Father in heaven. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But you know the rest of the verse, don't you? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was unselfish. Jesus was committed to doing the will of God. Brothers and sisters, that's what a disciple is all about. You and I today need to appreciate that. Jesus himself said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's John chapter 6, verse number 38. Am I willing to make that statement in my life on a daily basis? constant basis. I need to learn that lesson, don't I? Turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Look in verse number 34. John 13 verse number 34. Again, just a few hours before his betrayal. To his disciples he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also may love one another. And by all this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, how? If ye love one another. Who does that eliminate? That eliminates no one, does it? We run across people quite frequently we don't like. We detest what they say, think, and do. The evil that they're promoting among the world. I must reach down into my heart and realize that I need to love that person. I will not agree with what he does that is wrong. But I will realize that he is a soul accountable to God for his sins just as much as I am. Am I willing to follow that? Jesus himself said in Matthew in chapter Mark, Mark chapter 10 verse number 28 the disciples said unto him Lord we have left all to follow thee. That's what you and I need to be doing. Point number three in our lesson this morning. True disciples love like Jesus loved. You've probably heard this verse before. John 3.16 For God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, his greatest gift, that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. That shows you the extent of does it not, of God's love. God would do whatever was necessary 
to save men from sins, including giving his life. You and I as parents, as husbands and wives, would do whatever is necessary to save our children and our mates. Whatever they need, we would do without question or doubt. Jesus did that, pardon my language, for the scum of the earth. And when I realize that I have sinned and come short of the glory of God, I'm right down there at the bottom with them, aren't you? We all are. And yet we will love like Jesus loved. And again, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the man in him wanted to walk away. But he said, because I love this world so much, God, I will follow your will and do what needs to be done. Those of us who are dads, oh, we're big tough guys. We think we can do it all. We got it all under control. But those of us who are dads who realize, oh, the greatest thing in my life is my wife. My wife and your wife would do anything the world requires for her children. Never a doubt, never a question. That's what motherhood's all about. That's exactly what Jesus did for me and for you. And he challenges me today and challenges you today. Bill, love your neighbor just as much as you love you. You see how Jesus loved? People spat in his face, cursed him, said all kinds of evil things against him. And on Calvary's cross, his words were, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Why? Because he loved you and he loved me and he loved all the world that much. There was no limit to God's love. I need to learn from that. We won't take the time to turn to it, but over in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the story, what we call the parable of the Good Samaritan. A good Jewish man was on his way to Jerusalem to worship God. Robbers come up and attack him and beat him half to death and rob him of everything he's got. Two religious leaders, a priest and a Levite, walked by. They saw him and kept on walking. Then along comes a man from Samaria. The Jews and Samaritans didn't not get along. The Jews despised the Samaritans. This man from Samaria looks and sees a Jewish man there. He stops. He's got a job to do. He's on a journey doing something. He stops everything he's got to help this man. He takes him into a town and gets a doctor for him. And said, I don't care what it costs. Get this man fixed up. He's despised Jew. But he loved. Because here was someone in need. Jesus concludes that parable in verse number 37 of Luke chapter 10 when he says, Go thou and do likewise. The challenge for us today is to love like Jesus loved. And point number four in our lesson this morning, 
True disciples look for the return of our Savior. Can you imagine? Jesus has told those disciples, I'm going to leave you. But as he stands there, getting ready to ascend into heaven, what was going through their hearts and minds? He's really leaving us. How long do you think they watched Jesus ascend into heaven? As long as they could. Okay, he's gone by now. My guess is their eyes were glued as long as they could, as long as they could see any side of Jesus whatsoever. They were looking for Jesus to return. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. True disciples continue looking for Jesus every day. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse number 12. Looking for and hasting unto. That means desiring earnestly. The coming of the day of God. When the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. And the elements thereof shall melt with fervent heat. When the Lord comes again. There will be no more sun, moon, stars. There will be no Jupiter, planet, Neptune, all, all the other planets, all the stars. They'll all be gone. This earth will be gone. There will no longer be a physical planet earth. There will no longer be anything physical in this world. But let's not get discouraged by that. Look at verse number 13. Nevertheless... We, according to his promise, look, and the word in the Greek language is look forward to the new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In those new heavens and that new earth, my finite, feeble mind cannot comprehend what it looks like. But I know this. It is a place of absolute, eternal perfection. Again, our finite minds cannot comprehend perfection. But God is, always has been, always will be perfection. Therefore, regardless of how good we've got it here on earth, or regardless of how badly we've got it here on earth, I'm not worried about today. I'm thinking about tomorrow or the next day or however many days I will live because there's coming a day when I want to be right there in the new heavens and new earth. That's why Paul would say in the very last chapter that he wrote in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Beginning verse number 6. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Why? Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them, that's you and me, who love His appearing. I am glad 
that I'm a member of the body of Christ. We partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. Reminding us of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And challenging us to live our lives every day as we think of that broken body and that blood shed for my sins and your sins. Jesus is coming back. And He's coming back. Why? For folks like you and me. For folks who are willing to look for His return with eager anticipation. We sing that song, Oh, how sweet to be when He comes in glory by and by. Again, from a physical standpoint, finite standpoint, I cannot imagine what it's going to look like. But I want to see it with happiness and joy and peace and anticipation of something in my poor little finite brain cannot yet grasp. With that in mind, are you a follower of Christ? Are you looking forward to the end of this world and the beginning of that great place called heaven and your presence there individually with the saints of all the ages?